The Neanderthals Destroyed Atlantis Podcast, Episode 3. A review of Gemma Sharp's Sea Widow. Sharp's 2021 graphic novel, Sea Widow, delves into the death of her husband, which occurred after only two and a half weeks of their marriage. The story focuses on the societal stigmas attached to age gap relationships, the seemingly timeless cultural and moral prejudices that destroy connections between family and friends, and the cruelty of random existence and its ends, how an unexpected death of a loved one is an amputation and violent severing. Commonly, the young female involved in age gap relationships is stigmatized as a gold digger regardless of her intent, and the old male is labeled a pervert. These cliché but sadly still relevant reductions dehumanize but do so more viciously to women who are typically reduced to greedy, uncaring frauds, infantilized victims, or cunning manipulators. This isn't a generational prejudice. The old family members who appear in Sharp's descent into coma-like despair via scarring memories are truly awful, no doubt, because she also fears stinging rebuke from her peers and more painfully from her husband's family. Sharp takes the time to clarify that she made sure her husband's will would leave everything to his family and nothing to her. It's as if the artist preempted readers' all-too-common views about her marrying a 71-year-old and felt obligated to do the same for her in-laws, making the two frames that deal with this the most rageful in the book. The autobiographical stand-in for Sharp, with eyes so large as to reach the edges of her face, and vitreous, delicately stippled and deep-set in a perfectly reductive cartoon face and body, is incapacitated by the death. The achingly loving way Sharp draws her husband in his coffin, back turned, standing before the sea, saving lives in the Royal Navy lifeguard and beyond, across from Sharp at a cafe table sharing an intimate gesture only the couple and the reader sees, floating deep beneath the sea, wearing clothes he wore often and holding out a lantern, magically aglow underwater, slowly descending to a private room nestled in a mountainous stretch of reef, is proof alone of her emotional connection to him, words not being necessary. There is so much tenderness and impotent anger in these pages. Her husband's wake, where she could no longer get refreshments an hour into it, exemplifying her overwhelming feeling that her connection to the deceased was considered less meaningful or important than his immediate family's. The hospital room where her vegetative post-stroke husband will spend his last minutes prostrate, staring and pointing at a wall clock, him sitting on a curb in perfect drifter form playing harmonica and guitar, wearing his groovy pinstripe pants and signature jacket and hat. Sharp reveals a lot about herself in deadpan confessional frames, adorned with beautifully and realistically rendered floating centipedes and beetles, an alcoholic parent and all that that entails for the child. Lifelong self-hatred, resentment, and struggles to find any stability in a previous age gap relationship when she was just 13. As a reader, we are not let off easily because Sharp refuses to hide the fissures in her version of things. In a four-frame page 
towards the end, the protagonist showers and a tiny homunculus grows from her lower arm, detaches and tumbles downward through the tub drain and pipes of the water system until being grasped by the hand of her deceased husband, who relaxes, dreams, and croons on his guitar in his abode hidden in the depths of the sea. This book is literally a gift for him and for Sharp as well, since it was her way out of years-long creative paralysis. The sea animals that appear throughout the story, jellyfish, starfish, octopus, aquatic plant life, and the black, bug-eyed, multi-fanged dwellers among the profoundest depths who would need no alterations to appear in horror movies, envelop the medical equipment in her husband's hospital room, gently move about his resting form, swallow up the protagonist as she sinks into the void of self-doubt. These seemingly incongruous juxtapositions and overlapping of realism and cartoon styles are interspersed to enhance the story beats and add layers of potential meanings. There's no answer to why style vacillates. There is only the impact it has on the reader. The images in our minds have no stylistic boundaries, rhyme, or reason. Sharp utilizes faux collage elements, three- and two-dimensional passages, objects and figures in a distinct described space, and others floating in the whiteness of the page and margin, jarring the reader's visual expectations, their ability to immediately grasp what is happening plot-wise, to squeeze as much emotional resonance from solitary images as possible. This is not surrealist dream imagery. The collage technique acts as a transition device, a way of jarring the reader through abject images of rot and decay, but in a larger way shows the complete lack of differentiation between objective and subjective imagery in our inner lives. There is no sense, literally, to the way interior images get cycled while we are awake or asleep. Sharp is keenly aware of this. This is the story of the death of a beloved husband, and through all of its pain and rawness and honesty, there is an element of fantasy and redemption by the end. But the telling of the story itself was the only way forward for the author, as a memento mori, a way to transition away from the irretrievable loss, and perhaps even her lifetime of self-loathing and sabotage to imagine a more just and beautiful ending for one so deserving, for one whose life was attached to the sea. By Sea Widow at jwebstersharp.com